Welcome to the Butts and Seats Podcast, where we dredge towards the impending doom of WCW, one <laughs> week at a time. This is episode number 49. I'm Nick, alongside I'm, Emily. I am here. That that slow and inevitable downfall is just becoming just a downfall at this point. Today we'll be talking about the August 23rd, 1999 Monday Nitro, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, the MGM Grand, which I don't know if... It was in the MGM Grand, but we we watched this, most of this Nitro on the same day as AEW's Double or Nothing, which is also in Vegas. It seemed kind of weird. Yeah, we had to, we um we didn't realize what time it was, and we stopped watching Nitro because we we're like, oh shit, AEW's on. And then it got late in the night, and we stopped watching AEW. Yeah, you said the main event didn't go off until like after midnight. Yeah, the show almost went to one a.m. I was asleep way before that, and we did not get back to Nitro. So this is a uh, multiple day viewing. <laughs> I know it's apparently a uh, hot topic right now, but would you believe it? We're in favor of shorter wrestling shows. Is it a hot topic? People are like, oh, I love all the matches. Give me all of them. Oh, God, no. I mean, AEW has a good product right now, and they are damn good. But no one wants to sit through a four-hour show. Even like... Five. God, no. The fucking Snyder Cut wasn't even five hours. That's the barometer. Yes. Okay. So before we get into this Nitro, apparently, I don't know if it was the week before or the um, couple days after this, but there has been a notable return at the house shows. Oh. Because other people have been unavailable, they've been doing Hulk Hogan versus Bret Hart at the house shows. Oh. Yeah, Bret Hart's just back at house shows. I've been oh. wondering when he's going to come back. I, I know it's soonish, but I'm just like, oh, he's, um... I still think that he deserves to take more time off. Yeah. But maybe he needs money. I think the options were, like, okay, we can do Ric Flair, like, no, Rick's hurt. like, Or we can do Savage, like, Savage is kind of hurt, and he's, you also know... Also one foot out the door. Yeah, he's not... We're not friends right now, so it's like, Brett, can you come back? And Hogan's hurt, and Brett hasn't wrestled in several months, so it's like, oh, the matches aren't that good. Which is a shame. If we ever get that match on TV, we'll talk about the long, long way to get to that match that the wrestling world has been on. Brent Hogan? That match was supposed to happen in 1993. Oh, wow. It did not. Well. Because Hulk Hogan... Is a cunt? Yep. <laughs> exactly. So let's get into this Nitro. We open with last week's Nitro video package. I said this most weeks, but they definitely seem to be finding a flow. Finally. We're, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of like us in the timeline not us doing the podcast but the timeline and it has taken them this long to figure out how to start their shows i was wondering if they were going to include this and they did the hulk hogan pinning rick steiner last week because i'm just like you have a week to acknowledge this makes no sense and you left it no they are just rolling with it (laughs) i wrote idiots (laughs) and get the nitro opening the nitro girls and the opening pyro and small note we watched a vhs rip of this so we got all the proper music and all that and proper music proper um segments that weren't cut and part of the reason we did that is because the main event of tonight is kiss live in concert debuting their new wrestler it's that episode so nick has mentioned the kiss demon to me whether it be on the podcast or in passing but the way that commentary was talking about the kiss performance it sounded like a band member of kiss was going to be debuting as a new wrestler I see how you got there. Yeah. Like, there was a point where I had to, like, turn to you and be like, it's a wrestler, right? It's not like a 
kiss person like you're like oh no the band is debuting the person okay yeah the language is muddy this person also has like no previous tie to yeah. kiss so that'll be our main event later we'll really have some deep details for that and i don't think others actually wrote it down but we did get a dj Rand sighting we did he is alive and spinning music i think he's just being cut from peacock yeah I think he's being cut from Peacock because he's playing copyrighted tracks. Yeah, he's playing, like, the popular music of 99. Even I, then. Okay, he's playing pop music from 99. Yeah. Commentary also chats about who will be the new president. Maybe we'll find out later. We won't. <laughs> Spoiler. And we move into our first match of the evening. It is Mikey Whipwreck versus Chase Tatum. No relation to Channing. Emily, what do you know of Chase Tatum from our podcast? I know that he's not related to Channing. You don't need to have watched Nitro to guess that. That's all I got. Chase was either part of or affiliated with the No Limit Soldiers. Oh. He's the one who looks like Brad Armstrong, who isn't Brad Armstrong. That doesn't help. Who's Brad Armstrong? One of the Armstrong brothers. We had it. We, oh, God. We there were like seven this. Armstrongs, weren't there? There's four. There's too many. Plus the parent. Mama Armstrong popped out too many. And they all look the same. Oh, I think I figured out why I have such an issue with the groups. I learned a new term. I think I have face blindness. You just learned a term? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. It's a term for like people who have a really hard time remembering faces. I learned that phrase because we started watching Better Call Saul. <laughs> My only catch to this is I've noticed you only really forget the faces of the groups you, you kind of don't give a shit about. Yes and no. I remember what people are wearing. I remember like costumes for like the like the luchas. Like I cannot remember what the luchas, like which is which. I don't know. Well, they've also like only said their names about once for each wrestler. Yeah, but Calgary that doesn't matter. You know all of them. That doesn't matter. You know all of them. I mean, listen, you know El Dandy. I would never doubt him. Except you would doubt if you were pulling out of a lineup I and you guessed one with El Dandy, I would doubt <laughs> But yeah, I'm going to chalk up my difficulty to dis differentiate any of the guys in the NWO, the West Texas Rednecks, what have you, whatever else that might pop up to my face blindness. I'm remembering that line in Better Call Saul. He's fully lying when he says that, that it might not even be a real thing. I don't know. It sounded good. Anyway, yeah, Chase Tatum, part of the No Limit Soldiers. He was like the bodyguard. He didn't even wrestle in a match. No. Oh. Facing Mikey Whipwreck, and I wrote, I smell a Sid run in. That doesn't take long. They trade shots. Bad dropkick from Chase. Whipwreck isn't bad. And then Sid walks down to the ring. Apparently, he is uh, 66-0, and 0 in, according to Charles Robinson Signs, who is now with him. Which you called last episode. I was like, they should do this. Because they weren't doing it, and then they kind of had him be a screwy ref on Thunder, and I'm like... Just have him be like, you know, just have somebody be the guy. And yeah. They did it. They took my advice. Wow. They, were, they were listening. Look at you. You should be a wrestler. That should be a booker is what you're saying. No, Booker T is already a person. Oh, God. I, there's, there's, I like making Nick there, regret all of his decisions. No, it, it sometimes just make me think because there's, um, there's a Booker T storyline that I'm really uh, looking forward to. For those at home that may know. It's the feud he has with the incoming Ahmed Johnson, who will not be named Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson. You, know, you don't know Ahmed Johnson. No. 
So Sid's in the ring, he power bombs both men, pins them, and then Charles Robinson has a new sign for each pin, which this, this will come up later. I'll have an issue with this at a later point. I kind of wish it was just a big whiteboard that he would just erase the number and rewrite it with a pen. Doesn't that seem like more, make it more sense? And then it would be a little bit sillier too, that he'd have to like stop and erase yeah, the number. I, I get what you're saying. I also breaks kayfabe a little bit because it's like, oh, he only has signs for these. I know. I was thinking that like, what if he got more? Sid has the mic, shouts a bunch, says the, <laughs> says the message is directed to Goldberg. He sticks with his year 2000 shtick and that's pretty much the segment. You're so 2008. I'm so 2008. That was 3008. You're so 2008. No, I... I'm so 3000 and late. <laughs> I think so. It's a stupid line. I love it. It's I, the black. I thought piece. I thought it was I'm so 3008. You're so 2000 and late, which I think makes more sense. But you might be right. I don't know. It's it's all. Anyway, let's move on. This wasn't a match. It was nice to see Mikey Whipwreck again, although I'm glad his match went short. That way I don't have to try to say Whipwreck 17 <laughs> times during the segment. Mikey Whipwreck is a hard name to say, period. <laughs> Backstage, Kidman apologizes to Kimberly for, I guess, saying she was gorgeous last week. Which yeah, I guess, sorry. You know, well, I mean, to be fair, you, you just went on television and were just like, yeah, let me just perv over this one woman. So, But didn't he also make a comment in the segment that's like, oh, you know who I have eyes for? During this one, yes. Yeah, I thought that was cute because he's dating Tori. Yeah, we were trying to do the math and it's like, they're probably dating around this time. Yeah. We go to commercial then come back and DDP is just like... Has somebody down in the hallway. We don't even see who it was. Apparently, it's Billy Kidman. His commentary notes this later. Yeah, it was really hard to tell. It was hard to follow because it cut away like it was something entirely different. Well, because it starts with Goldberg walking through backstage. Yeah. And then he just goes, hey, pick on someone your own size. And then you just, like, see a body. And it's like... Yeah, you don't see the own size person. Yeah, and then Goldberg charges him. And then security just suddenly shows up. And I'm like, where the hell did you all show up from? Right. It honestly had the vibe of... You know in the Truman Show where he wants to go away? He's not supposed to. And all the cars suddenly, like, appear on the road and and there's traffic. That's how it felt with the security. It was like, ah. A little bit, Yeah. So no brawl, but we'll get a little bit of this later. And actually, we'll get a little, little bit of it right now. Because because the Jersey Triad then come out come out together, which I feel like we haven't seen in a couple of weeks. They keep having like two come out yeah, or one. Yeah, that's true. And then by the end of the segment, there's all three. But in terms of an but entrance. It's, it's, it's been Canyon and Bam Bam with like DDP coming in later. Or like, yeah, a combination. But it's, never, it's not really the three of them very often. Well, DDP gives Canyon a shot to do his catchphrase. DDP then heals on the crowd, and he tries to hit all of his catchphrases, which, motherfucker, this guy has a lot. lot. Like, a, maybe too many. <laughs> Although he did not do Feel the Bang, which is also one of his. Oh, yeah, no. He dismisses Kidman and then challenges Goldberg to a match. And he does note that they actually have wrestled before, like, in this building, which is our first episode, Halloween Havoc. Oh, was it in this building? Yep. Aw. Then they do the bada-bing, bada-bam, bada-bang. But they don't do it fully because you were like disappointed by it. They do it fully at the end because they like, oh. start doing it halfway through and then they're like, no, 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 this is the end. No, we got to do okay. So it seems like that's a match for later tonight. DDP versus Goldberg. Big match to just randomly have out of nowhere. Yeah. Exciting though. Could be good. We think it's Sting coming out and throughout this entire next segment. This was wild. 
And you can hear this subtly on Peacock. We heard it a lot more prominently on our version. The production audio from the truck is just going through the live feed. I don't, I guess it wasn't going through like ring audio. Like the audience wasn't hearing it. No. And we were, we it's were pretty hearing, muffled. We were hearing like camera calls. Like camera two, camera two, cut to camera one, camera one. Yeah. Jump camera three, camera two. It was bizarre. Because like I, I was so distracted trying to figure out what this production was saying that I don't know what Sting said in this. I was trying to get lines of audio from them. <laughs> To be fair, he did not say much. That's what I figured. He does open up with stingers in the his house. Oh. Oh, I know he's back in black. Yes, he is the stinger and he's back in black. Of course. Again, it's been like four months. You're here now. I'm back in black. Sting tells Hogan, don't let your mouth override your butt. (laughs) I'm so sad I missed that. I don't even remember the context. Something about, I don't even know. Don't talk out of your ass? No. Is that what he's trying to say? Talking about, like, you said you're going to kick my ass. Don't let... Don't let your mouth over... What? Okay, yeah. And then we get some Biddle music, and it's Lex Luger. It's been a minute. Coming out in real lazy street clothes. Yeah, it's just like a t-shirt and jeans. You get in the ring, they have a nice little hug. And yeah, they like pulled each other into a hug and it was really cute. It's like they hadn't seen each other in a long time. I think the last time... Oh, God. We saw Lex in a Hummer segment. No, it wasn't a Hummer segment. He was in the Sting monster truck. Oh. But I don't know if that was the last time we saw him or not. That's the last time I can remember. Yeah, I want to say there was one very unmemorable one where we just like randomly showed up one week and that was it. Maybe. But it's been a few months. Luger says he doesn't trust Hogan. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of weird that he's saying he's everyone's best friend all of a sudden. Which, again, you said last week. Yeah. Like, fair. It's kind of weird. It is weird. Hogan kind of comes off a little sad and desperate. Yeah. Sting says he's going to win and that's just the way it is. And they shake hands and that's it. Like, okay. There was no additional... It's like, oh, Lex Luger's back. He doesn't trust Hogan. Anyway. (laughs) They really need to have backstage interview segments. Yes. Because this could have been that. They are doing less with Mean Gene. They are. Are they trying to phase Mean Gene out? I wonder if it's a mix of stuff where it's like, he's not necessary for every time someone comes to the ring. If they're going to do an in-ring interview, have them there. Like, have them backstage doing interviews. Yeah. But. Catching people as they come in or as they leave. Like, yeah. Speaking of backstage interviews, we go outside the arena and Mike Tanay asks Eric Bischoff if he's taking over control of the company. See, this is where Mean Gene would fit in perfectly. Yeah. One, why is Eric Bischoff only arriving now? Yes. And two, it wasn't super obvious he was walking into the arena because it just looks like he's walking into the casino, which is kind of part of the arena. Yeah. that man might, you know, that man very well may have gotten distracted on the way. He wasn't We really, don't see him later. Yeah, he wasn't on the show, so he might have just gone to the casino and gambled through the whole show. So I did note, Emily, did you notice what type of car Eric Bischoff was driving? Oh my God, was it a Hummer? It was a black Hummer. Oh my God. Eric Bischoff denies any rumors that he's going to be the next president, and um, I'm inclined to believe him because our days of Eric Bischoff running this show are numbered, at least for this uh, stint. I really thought that he and Vince Russo ran it in tandem. You're not wrong, 
but you're not fully right. Okay. We'll we'll get there. How many more episodes do we have? Until Russo? Yeah. He's right before Halloween Havoc. So we have a month and a half. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah? Do you think we will see Kevin Nash before Vince Russo comes on? I was saying we'll see Kevin Nash at Fall Brawl. That is my prediction. Spoiler, um, he's not on this episode. And now I'm like, when the fuck is he coming back? Well, once Eric Bischoff gets sent home, uh, Kevin Nash is back to being one of like the top three bookers. Shocker. So no more Eric Bischoff tonight. I think we have two more weeks of him. Wow. Okay. We then go to the ring and it's the cat with Sonny Ono coming out. Cat wearing his cape. Yeah, we get the cape again. We haven't seen the cape in a while. For some reason, Sonny Ono has handcuffed his briefcase to his wrist. Yeah, we never really get the no explanation. For that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have it attached to his wrist later on. I don't I don't know. fully remember. So the cat does his basic shtick and calls out Buff Bagwell. Buff comes out, no hat. No hat on him. Breaking his mother's heart. And we have a match. Get some leapfrogs and drop downs and drop kick and a scoop slam from Buff. And man, this is not that much more advanced than the Road Wild match. Nope, but it is high energy and it's not the worst pacing, so I'm not trying to die. Fair. Cat hits a kick across the chest and taunts for a bit, follows up with an elbow drop. Cat misses back-to-back elbow drops and Buff starts to come back, including a swinging neckbreaker and a running splash. Then a blatant low blow from the cat and I'm like, DQ? Nope. Nope. Okay. Nick's going to lose his mind tonight talking about referees and disqualifications, just preparing yourselves. Ono stomps the ref on the outside until Lex Luger suddenly comes down and makes the save. I'm like, okay. I guess Lex Luger's part of this now. And he's kind of chasing Sonny Ono around the outside because in the ring, unseen, Buff Bagwell hits his finisher, the blockbuster, yeah. and gets the win. They cut to him like mid-pin, just like, oh, he, he won. Yeah. We hear the thud. Uh, meh. Like I said, it was a higher energy and faster, like better pacing. So I didn't want to die. But yeah, it was fine. It was nothing special. Luger coming out does feel somewhat pointed as opposed to just like some random thing. So I don't know whether he's going to randomly be against the cat or team up with Buff. But yeah, I don't know. But the Buff one, he, he Luger's the total package and he's Buff and he's the stuff. I don't Who knows? Who cares? I, I don't know. We'll see where they go with that in the upcoming weeks. And speaking of the upcoming weeks, Berlin debuts next week. Berlin. I'm excited. Are you excited? Um, I remember really liking Alex Wright, so I'm excited. Yeah, I I just don't know what they're going to do with this character outside of just dated foreign heel shtick. Oh, it's very much going to be like German Euro pop. They're probably going to put like a gay spin on it at some point. Um, you know, Nazi shit. <laughs> German. Okay, you went from they're gonna do some some gay stuff at some point to Nazis. There are two Re- ways you I, can go. I, there are two ways. It'll either be Euro pop, Lenny and Lodi kind of vibes, or they're gonna go Nazi shit. And they already have Lenny and Lodi, so yeah. uh, I don't know if they'll go Nazi. I think that it looks more nihilist than anything. Like, did someone watch The Big Lebowski and just like, oh yeah, let's have those nihilists be a character? That's very possible. Oh, this is where we get DJ Ran as well, and then the Nitro Girls, and then we move into really early in the night. It's DDP with Canyon versus Goldberg. Yeah, they just announced this match. Well, clearly they didn't do enough because DDP comes out with a mic and's like, "Ah, oh, fuck this crowd again," they just and I'm keep like, "Talking? Why? 
It's been like 15 minutes, dude. Like, he's a good talker. He is. Yeah. Goldberg comes out to Megadeth, which we We actually hear this time. Well, we've heard it randomly, but it actually, I, I knew it was coming on yeah. this one. We can, like, confirm that it was Megadeth. And as he's coming out, Bam Bam Bigelow attacks Goldberg from behind with, like, a trash can or something. I don't even remember what it was. Then DDP taunts Goldberg into the ring, and he and Canyon beat down Goldberg until Goldberg spears Canyon. Then he spears Bam Bam Bigelow's come in, and DDP just bails. And that's it. Goldberg challenges him to a title match next week to the camera, because then he grabs a mic and says the exact same verbiage again. It was just such a quick match. I didn't even think it was a match. It wasn't a match. The they bell, didn't ring the bell? No, the bell Okay. Yeah. But it was so fast. It was just in, spear, 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 done. I think you're overlooking the same exact word for word promo to camera and then on the mic. I did not notice it. To I, be honest. It made me laugh because it wasn't totally natural sounding either. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, no, you, this is a note you had to hit. But uh, so yeah, that, we on paper will get that next week. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, we'll see. He also does seem to challenge all three men. So maybe it's a handicap next week. I don't know. Even if it's a handicap, I still would put my money on Goldberg. Oh, yeah. We go to commentary and they note that we're going to get a new music video from the West Texas Rednecks. And I am pumped. we get it now. Right now. I'm so pumped. I love it. Yeah, they really sold it like, oh, later in the night. Like, nope. Just it's, it's now. <laughs> it's good old boy. And good old boy. Emily, do you have any notes on this? It's great. They upped their production budget from yeah. uh, I Hate Rap to, like... Like, this is actually... This is high art. They, they went and recorded things as opposed to just, like, we're going to do a concert in one place and just get multiple angles. That being said, I'm pretty sure they filmed it all while they were in Las Vegas. I don't know about all I, of it. Some I of think it was most in, like, of it. I mean, they had, like, dirt bikes through, like, the forest. Oh, that's true. I mean, maybe they drove past the National Park at some point. On their way, yeah. And this this did not take this was not multiple weeks of production, but it was fun and it was high art and I loved it. I think Emily will agree with me. I, my one note from this is just get in my stable. Absolutely no. Kurt Henning does something later on that secures him a spot in my boy stable. Yes, we we were, we were noting it's like Mister Perfect cannot be in your boy stable. Kurt Henning absolutely can, and he is. Oh God, Emily, I don't even. You might have blocked this out. I for the next for this backstage segment, my no. only note is it's not even a, no, it's not a backstage segment. Maybe it was because it kind of randomly cut to it on our feed. It's a nitro party. Remember those? I do remember the nitro parties. I kind of forgot about them, but I thought they were like in the arena. Like the nitro parties are in the arena. No, they did one in the arena. Usually, the nitro parties are send your tape in of you being a fucking loser. <laughs> Yeah, who watches wrestling? Fucking losers. Losers. Fucking nerds. Yeah, but just show, send us a video of you being a fucking mark, and we'll put it on TV. And you know Kevin Nash backstage is like, fucking look at this, look at this nerd. Yeah, absolutely. Although, weirdly, in this Nitro party, they fucking love Lodi. This is why I was confused, because I just, I didn't know how to describe this segment. I didn't think it was a Nitro party, and then they were cheering for people that I don't think that, like, most fans would cheer for. I was just very confused. Low turnout, bad energy frat party. Ugh. Am I wrong? <laughs> no. I think that's, like, the worst thing you can say to a frat boy. Low turnout, bad energy party. Like, 
damn. You're ruined on campus. Fucking Ricky Rackman walks in. Hey, who do you know here? <laughs> if they want Lodi, they're going to get him. Kind of, because he's just managing this match. It's Lenny versus Juventud Guerrera for the Cruiserweight title. For the Cruiserweight title, you ask? Yes. I totally forgot that Lenny was the Cruiserweight champion. He beat Ray on Thunder. So I think that Lenny might have a leg up in this match because Juventud is wet. Yeah. This man is going to be distracted by how wet he is. I don't know. I feel like his pants might fall off. Because, like, you know, you get out of the pool and you're wearing pants. Like, they're, they just don't really fit. He's just very wet. I didn't literally have never had this problem. Oh, well. Okay. I was a swimmer. I spent a lot of my time in the pool. Start of the match, Hoovy slaps Lodi and then knocks Lenny into Lodi. We get a low blow from Hoovy. DQ? Nope. Ref DQs are not a thing in this episode. Until they are. Lodi grabs Hoovy on the apron and the ref just kind of counts. And I'm like, you you see someone blatantly interfering. No, he doesn't. He's counting. No, he doesn't. He sees, he's, that's why he's counting. What? He just counts because he likes numbers. He has face blindness. He can't tell <laughs> if it's Lenny or Lodi. Fair. Hoovy dives onto Lodi on the outside and then Lenny hits a dive onto the two from the top rope. And nice little move. Lenny then skips and plays with his pigtails before a cover. Did you catch Bobby Heenan's line during his skipping? I know. Do I want to? It was funny. Okay. Bobby Heenan turns to Tony Schiavone and very earnestly asks, When was the last time you skipped? <laughs> oh, good on you, Bobby. <laughs> I really hate the lazy gay heat they're going oh, for. Oh, I know. But this match honestly made me miss the LWO. Yeah. Yeah, because Hooventude is getting, in Ray did too, getting put into these crappy matches when they used to be in a pretty cool, good faction doing actual things and didn't become jokes of themselves. I mean, we barely saw them. But you, at least the LWO wasn't a joke. And at least their theme slaps. Yeah, it did. We had a nice double shoulder breaker from Lenny and then a power slam and then things slow down quite a bit. <laughs> Just so we can hear the you are gay chants. <laughs> like, I, it made me laugh how uncreative it was. It's just in, just in case you don't know how we feel. And if you were still unsure, they uh, have some nice gay slur chants to go with it. Yeah, the good old F slur comes out. Got a powerbomb from Lenny. And I think at this point, if I see a powerbomb to, to a cruiserweight, I expect them to Billy Kidman someone. <laughs> We, could, we do a very long, protracted spot to get to a sunset flip powerbomb from Hoovy, which prompts Sid Vicious to come out. Oh, God. Hoovy hits a Hoovy driver, and Sid gets in the ring, and Hoovy just doesn't even realize he's there, because Hoovy gets on the top rope and, like, flips his hair back, and then he's like, oh, oh shit. Oh, shit, that's Sid. That's not Lodi, Lenny. Sid attacks all three men and pins all three men, and then gets a special lighting cue. Did you notice this? No. It like goes with this like dark purple lighting as opposed to the regular lights. I did not notice. He, he this. got he got mood lighting for his promo. <laughs> now, he was sixty-eight no at the end of the last segment. He pinned three men and he's only at seventy. Yeah, so it should be seventy-one. Yeah. Huh. Sid so has the mic and it says no one has the guts to stop him, and no one comes out. So I guess he's right. <laughs> Yeah, no one decides to take the bait. He says the Goldberg chance will turn to Sid chance and gets pretty good heat. Sid says, come 2000, Goldberg, Hogan, and Sting won't be here anymore. 
and only he will stand will stand here anymore for the master is in his house why'd you let the master in your house kick him out it's a good movie Joaquin Phoenix is great in it. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, also pretty good. So I have to ask this. Are we past the point where Goldberg looks bad for not confronting Sid? Like, he's not doing anything. About the um, about the streak? Sid's just calling him out. Calling him, basically calling him a little bitch each week. And Goldberg's just sitting backstage like, ah, it, you know, I think I'm not going to bother with this. I would say Goldberg's waiting for this to become an actual threat to him. Because he's at, what, 70? And Goldberg was at, like, 170. Like, you got some time. I mean, just in general, the dude's calling you out each week and just like, oh, yeah, I'm way better than this guy. And, oh, were you really exhausted from your two spears earlier? I don't know. I think Goldberg is just kind of saying it's not worth his time. I would love for him to at least address it. I don't know. But but we'll see Sid um, later on tonight. I do want to see him versus Goldberg. I, I know it's bullshit numbers and all that, but yeah. it's like... The, I just need Tony Schiavone to accept, to note how screwy the number is, as opposed to like, fans, can you believe he's already at this number? It's like, I need Tony to not be on board and Bobby to be on board. Right. Let's move on to our first live music performance of the night. It's the West Texas Rednecks performing, in a lot of quotes, oh good God. old boy. Kurt walks up to the mic and heals on all the uh, previous performers they've had lately. I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. Like, they haven't been good. He kind of notes, like, yeah, I said rap is crap and, like, none of them are here anymore, so I guess I was right. Not wrong. Not wrong, but I shouldn't say it. Heals on Megadeth a little bit, which I don't remember them doing a whole segment with that, but maybe they did. With the West Texas Rednecks? Yeah. I don't remember. So they all, quote-unquote, perform. Like, you, you gotta love, you hear violin and you see a guitar solo happening. Yeah. Unless that guitar is an electric guitar and it has, like, a way to change the sound to, like, fiddle, there's no way in hell. You gotta give kudos to Kurt Hedding for giving this 100%. Oh, they and they all do. Like, they are putting their whole, like, heart into this, and I respect that. They're, they're all having fun. Yes. <laughs> and I like seeing them have fun. And Emily, what is the moment that Kurt Hennig just oh leaps headfirst into your stable? So Kurt Hennig starts doing like a guitar solo or a guitar bit and he, you know, faking it. And he takes the guitar and puts it behind his head and pretends like he's playing the guitar behind his head. I'm like, I love you so much. It was so good. And it was like earnest. I love it. He committed. And I, ugh, oh my God. By the way, this is the best music performance of the night. Yes. We go from that to the Nitro Girls and then to a six-man tag team match. It's the first family, Brian Knobs, the Barbarian, and Hugh Morris with Jimmy Hart versus the Revolution. And Emily, it's, there's a big return here. Is there? It's Surge Watch. Oh, yes. Brian Knobs comes out with the can of Surge. It has been a minute since we've seen Surge. By the way, when I say that they're facing the Revolution, it is Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, and Shane Douglas. Chris Benoit doesn't really seem to be a full member of the Revolution. He's kind of stepped back. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like they're, they're buddies, but it seems like any time... Shane Douglas has kind of taken his spot. Well, it's like any time they have like a match or like they all kind of come out, it's like Benoit kind of feels separate from everything. Like he has his singles matches and then these guys have tag team matches. Or yeah. if they have singles matches, they come out together. Yeah. Like Benoit comes in and makes saves. That's about it. it yeah, you're right. 
Dean is diving crossbody early on and then tags in Douglas. Barbarian works over Douglas with strikes and stomps, and then the faces just kind of come in to dropkick Brian Nobbs in a weird spot. It's like, didn't really seem prompted. No. I don't know. This match was really weird to me. It was just like a big hardcore brawl, and it was weirdly paced. I, not really a hardcore brawl, because there was no weapons or anything. It was just... I guess not, but it wasn't like wrestling moves. It was just kind of like hits and punches and stomps. Commentary notes that Brian Nobbs is the original nasty boy, so uh, fuck you, Jerry Sags. I don't know who Jerry Sags is. He is Brian Nobbs' partner in the team, the Nasty Boys. Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. Get a flying nothing from Nobbs, leads to a Saturn hot tag, and we get a real sloppy belly-to-belly to the Barbarian. I was a little worried about him there. It all breaks down, and Saturn knocks Jimmy Hart off the apron. We had a T-bone suplex to Nobbs, then Rick Steiner runs in, hits a Steiner Bulldog, and um, goes to leave the ring, walks past the referee, <laughs> who just seems fine with it. Like I said, Nick's going to lose his mind tonight. Nobbs gets the pin. Benoit is suddenly here and challenges Rick Steiner to a match and actually like does give Steiner some credit in the process. Because I thought he messed up his line because he says, like, I know your bite is worse than your bark. Which Oh. Know, it's usually vice versa. Yeah, he was trying to say, like, like no, I, I know you're a tough motherfucker. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Okay, giving him some actual, like, props. Well, in the old adage, if you make your opponent out to be nothing and you beat him, what have you gained? True. Steiner accepts, and the new catchphrase is, out with evolution, in with revolution. Ooh. Shane Douglas says that, so um, confirmed creationist, Shane Douglas. Oh, my God. Something tells me that Shane Douglas doesn't stick around for much longer. I think he's around for a while. Really? He doesn't give me long-term energy. I don't know how long, but I imagine he makes it a little while. I don't know how long, but I know he makes it past January at the very least because he almost leaves the same time that Eddie and Benoit and Dean and Perry do. This show is going to be really hard to watch when those four leave. I know. Oh. Because he, he was going to leave with them, and then he kind of realized, oh, shit, none of the other companies are going to hire me. No, you don't have the pull over there that they do. Not quite that. It's more he burned his bridges on the way out. Oh, fair. Moving on, we get the ICP with Vampiro versus Rey Mysterio and Kidman. No Raven. Yes. We need to talk about Raven. We don't talk about Raven. Well, no, no, well we're no. not going to on commentary because uh, Raven's not here anymore. <laughs> Earlier that day, Eric Bischoff had a meeting and decided to yell at everyone. Notably, Raven, Conan, Rey Mysterio, Public Enemy, and Buff Bagwell. First of all, how dare you yell at Rey Mysterio? That man has done so much for your company, and you he, have put him through the fucking ringer. How dare you yell at him? He yelled at Rey for making some sort of um, gay joke on Thunder. Oh, well, goddammit, Rey. I'm defending you. Something about Hershey Highway or something. What? Do you oh, want me to... no. I don't want to connect the dots that I'm assuming they're going for, but I really can if you need. No, I got it. So, this is the famous... Uh, if you don't want to be here, there's the door. And Raven went and left. Which I do respect. Yes. Raven has a 90-day no-compete clause, so he will not be in ECW for a few months. Do you know who else tried to leave during this? I guess Conan. Conan. And 
it's vague from different tellings whether or not he would have been allowed to or he was told no. Because I've read both versions of if you stay, I'm going to make your life miserable or you're not allowed to. So I've heard two different things. However, there are two other notable names. That tried to leave or did leave? That tried to leave and were told, no, I'm not letting you out of your contract. Wait, so Raven was the only one that was allowed to leave? Yep. Wow. Only four people even tried. Although it is noted, like, if Ric Flair was there, Ric Flair probably would have left. Probably. The other two are the two men wrestling against the ICP in this match. Oh, Rey no. Mysterio and Kidman. Kidman tried to leave? Yep. But why? I'm wondering if it was in solidarity with, with Ray. Ray and Conan. Damn, so that whole group tried to leave. Yep. <laughs> and Eric Bischoff's like, I'm not letting you guys go. Fuck you. Well, Eric Bischoff, you should think before you talk. Yeah. Dumbass. I mean, I love Billy Kidman. Like, I, If he's leaving in solidarity, that just makes me love him more. And also, they all deserve better than Eric Bischoff. So, like, they're yeah, they should have left. They all deserve better. They all deserve to have various matches with poles. Especially Billy Kidman. What does he have on a pole? Well, <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. Oh, what does he have on a pole? Match starts. Kidman <laughs> clears Shaggy Tootope from the ring and throws him around on the outside. Ray tags in, hits a springboard leg drop. And then hits a vertical suplex, which just seemed weird to see Ray hit. Yeah. Didn't look bad, but like... Violent J tags in, but gets immediately tripped up by Ray. Ray hits a springboard dropkick and then a Bronco Buster. We had a nice double-team spot from the ICP of Violent J press-slamming Ray onto Shaggy Two-Dope's knee. And the heels start to work over Ray, including a diving leg drop from, from Shaggy. Match kind of breaks down a bit, as they tend to. Kidman goes up top for a shooting star press, but the ref is distracted. <laughs> oh Vampiro accidentally kicks Shaggy Tudope, and Kidman pins him. Kinda? It's like... It, it, they're going for the, like, oh, wow, he kicked out right after, or he barely got him. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he kicks out... A, it looks like he kicks out a little early, but it wasn't even a super obvious thing of... It looked to be he pinned him after the kick, but the way Kidman, Kidman pins him appears to be halfway between like a roll up where it's like, oh, he wasn't expecting it and a regular pin. So it just kind of looks bad. Yeah. It, it's strange. And it did look like, um, who was that, Shaggy? Yeah. Got out before three. Yeah. Like it looked like he did. The Deadpool stomp Ray and Kidman until Eddie makes the save. I mean, I could. I liked this match, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I didn't think it was bad. The, the ICP I, needs to loosen up a little bit. Yeah. I, they're a little rigid in the ring. They're just still, just, they're excited still, I think. Yeah. I think they need to let the excitement pass, and then they'll be like, okay, yes, we're wrestling. I mean, I'll give them credit. I At no point do I see them wrestling, and I go, oh, they're going to hurt somebody. Right. And it, yeah. that's a lot. that says a lot. Yeah, they just need a little bit more flow. Like, Yeah. I, I'm almost surprised that shaggy two dope doesn't have more i figure like you know jay's a bigger dude sometimes that's a more of an acquired skill but i feel like shaggy's almost a worse offender of the Mm. really rigid motions and all that yeah no you're not wrong but would you believe it we'll see these guys later i really like this match i think this is the best match of the night so far maybe overall i don't know there's not a lot of standout contenders for that but this is definitely in the category let's go to the ring again 
Let's go to the ring for an interview. It's Mean Gene bringing out Hulk Hogan. And honestly, I could have skipped talking about this and it would have not lost anything in the course of the night. Hogan notes, it's nice to see the red and yellow in Vegas, which kind of draws some booze. Hogan's like, yep, this match is going to happen tonight. It's like, we assumed that. You you said it would, so... Hogan says he heard what Lex said. I was going to come out, brother. But then uh, his son called him to kind of be like, why is he saying these mean things? I thought you were friends. Now, I um, I don't know how it took us 49 episodes, but I'm, I'm stealing a nickname here. Oh, no. He called his son Nitro Nick. and um, Oh, I, God. <laughs> I, I will let that stand. I like it. You can have it. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any... Um, if we do AEW, you can be Elevation, Emily. Okay. Hogan promises he won't stab anyone in the back and will kick the stinger's ass. And Even though they're buddies. That's the segment. It's just nothing. Just talking about his son and how innocent a young boy's mind is. Let's bring out our next match. It's Rick Steiner versus Chris Benoit for the U.S. title. And these two start off knocking the fucking hell out of each other. Yeah. It should be known that uh, Charles Robinson is the referee, and I like watching him kind of get fucked with during this match. It's fun. We got a bridging German for early on from Benoit. And the match slows down a bit, but it's still very stiff. Like, in a, in a way where I'm like, okay, this is mutual. It doesn't feel like, you know, someone's, like, shooting on the other. It's just like, okay, you know, we're both tough guys. We'll both just, like, lay it in a little thick. Yeah. Rough looking spot of Benoit gets run into the turnbuckle like upside down, stomach first. Oh my god, yeah, that looked rough. They go to the outside and Rick Steiner is calling over to Tony Schiavone. And I just laughed because the Steiners have all have one voice, including mm-hmm. Braun Breaker. Because he says, hey, Schiavone, the same way Scott Steiner says, my body. <laughs> Same no. cadence, and I just started busting out laughing. Shabbatty! Steiner <laughs> uh. works Benoit over on the outside, and there's no count from the referee. I'm like, okay, there's a, there are count outs. That's a thing. Although, God, I can't remember the last time any match ended in a count out. Not in WCW. They count. Just, it just doesn't mean They anything. count a lot. They love counting. Benoit manages to hit triple Germans, then signals for the diving headbutt, and goes up top, but... Steiner pulls the ref on top of him in a nice-looking kind of move. Yeah. The only catch to that was he did so much, like, moving to get to pull the ref on top of him. Like, you could have just rolled out of the way, but... Yes, but that wouldn't end in Charles Robinson getting fucked up. Because he is out for the count for a while. Yeah, because Steiner then grabs the title and is going to use it on Benoit, but then Perry Saturn runs in and attacks Rick Steiner... Sid then comes in and chokeslams Saturn and then power bombs him. And commentary notes that these four men will be in a tag team match on Thunder. Steiner and Sid bail when Benoit grabs the title belt back, and I guess it's a no contest. So this match I was actually enjoying. I was enjoying Chris Benoit and Rick Steiner just beating the hell out of each other. I think the interferences and the no contest ending kind of ruined it. Yeah, I'm with you. I I liked this match better than any of the other matches it is kind of lame ending i mean at least it's it's doing something to hype up thunder which they normally don't do so i guess that's true a little bit of credit there but a little bit 
considering it was a U.S. title match and I didn't expect Rick Steiner to win the match, I think I was just more ready for a bullshit finish. I guess that's fair. And there have been a lot of bullshit finishes this episode, too. Yeah. So I guess it's like on brand. It's it's in character for Sid, too. Post-match, Benoit says they're tired of the politics and clicks backstage and they're basically going to win on Thunder. It's like, okay. Sid and Steiner then, like, cut promos only to camera. Like, simultaneous promos. <laughs> and on the mic, in our sad moment of the night, Chris Benoit tries to start a revolution chant. Yeah, yeah. And it's not starting. And he just keeps going. Revolution. Like, revolution. Nah, never mind. God, it's just, it is pretty pathetic. I I was enjoying this as it was going, but. Yeah, it was a good, it would have been a good match if there was like a full finish. It was, if it was able to actually be a full match, this would have been a good match. Let's go from one title match to the next. It's the West Texas Rednecks, Wyndham's edition, versus Harlem Heat for the tag team titles. Yeah, I was not expecting the Wyndham's to tag up because usually there's the A team and the B team and they merged them. Because what, it's usually Kurt and um barry right yeah. yeah and then kendall and bobby Duncan. the other one yeah we don't have a ton of notes for this one i don't think we get a spot early on where booker loudly calls like back elbow but he's telling it to stevie ray so it's like okay that could you just could play be, it off that could just be like okay hey we're doing a tag team move let's do this together kind right of thing. yeah you could play it off as like communication you get back and forth action from these teams including a real lame big punch and ddt from barry windham because stevie ray just is not on he Booker's is level. Not a shining star. Stevie gets clotheslined to the floor and then gets tossed back in without much fuss. It was a really weird spot. Yeah, it didn't really make any sense. <laughs> hot tag to Booker. That's not that hot, but Booker picks up the pace, including a spin kick. Kurt Henning interferes about four feet to the referee's left, and the ref's just like, "Nope, look it over here." And the ref will be distracted for about probably a full minute with just. Stevie Ray just standing next to the ropes. I don't know what's supposed to be happening, <laughs> but he's just kind of standing there, and the ref's like, uh, what, "What's going on here?" <laughs> like they're going like full Blair Witch. Like, no, you need to stand in the corner and face it, and you know, terrible things will happen behind oh you or something. God. Because Booker T hits a scissor kick, missile drop kick, and the ref's just still distracted. Get a cowbell shot from Kurt Hennig, and. Kendall Wyndham gets the pin. New tag team champions, the Wyndhams. Yeah, out of nowhere, it seemed. Yeah, I was not expecting the West Texas Renets to get this win. I mean, especially for Harlem Heat. Like, they've been really good the last couple weeks, even as a tag team. It came so out of nowhere that I forgot the match was for the titles. Like, they handed them the titles. Went, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's for the titles. I don't remember if they said that at the top of the match. They raised the belts. Oh, did they? Okay. I was thinking about this, actually, as they were starting the match. I'm like... What have the Wyndhams done to earn a tag title shot? Been good old boys. <laughs> Backstage, they saw the music video. like, fuck, put the strap on these guys right now. These are our heroes. <laughs> it wasn't a bad match. It just felt so random. It was random, and then it was kind of formulaic. Yeah. There was nothing special. It was just kind of what it's what you would expect from these two groups, you know? I think Lily, I was like so shocked by the title change that I like like forgotten the match. It's like like the match isn't the talking point here. It's like, "Oh, I'd like to believe they don't have these titles for long." Yeah, cuz they seem to be doing a lot of title passing around. Yeah. Currently. Let's move on to our second and last match of the night. It is Vampiro versus Eddie Guerrero. 
Right before this match starts, though, on commentary, they do note that they are doing a new Nitro Girl search. And this is where Nick thinks that we're going to have, like, a familiar face. I think this is the one that gives us Stacey Keebler. I mean, we're we're running out of time for (laughs) the Nitro Girls to exist and Stacey Keebler be part of them. So that'll be an interesting dynamic change to the Nitro Girls. Not just because we know who Stacey Keebler is, but you were telling me that the Nitro Girls are given kind of like new roles moving forward. Eventually. I don't know exactly when that happens, but I think they get rid of them at some point just because it's... You know, I don't know how much money they're really bringing in versus what are they They're cheerleaders, out. yeah. But yeah, I think that'll be interesting. Even if it's not Stacy, you know. I thought you were going to say it's going to be interesting because there will be competition with Spice. Stacy does have legs for days, but Spice they're, has it, spunk. They're still going. They've never stopped, actually. It's legs for years. Stacy has uh, Smash Mouth All-Star legs because they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. <laughs> But Spice has that spunk that Stacy doesn't always have, really. So Stacy's got the legs, but Spice has the spunk. We'll see. I have not seen any of Stacy Keebler as a Nitro Girl. True. So we'll see how she does. That's true. That's true. What if she's really bad? she's bad? garbage. Oh, no. That, that's why they put her in storylines. Like, okay, well, shit. We, we signed her to a contract. We got to do something. She's hot, but boy, can she not dance. Anyway, yeah, there's a match. Um, oh, right. <laughs> Vampiro versus Eddie Guerrero. I wrote, prediction, ICP interfere, and Ray and Kidman make the save. You're pretty much right. Eddie gets stomped getting in the ring and then gets belly to bellied and they move real quick to the point where I thought this match was going to go shorter than it did. Yeah, this was a quick start. Until they kind of have some weird miscommunication spots where they just like, they'll go quick, 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 and then they'll just like weirdly pause to like figure something out and then kind of go quick again and then it's just like weird lulls. Yeah, and I, I can't tell if it's um, they were waiting for something else to happen or if they were trying to catch their breath because it was really fast-paced, heavy-hitting stuff. The it's like, okay, maybe they're long tired. enough for that, it didn't feel like. Mm. They, they're hitting each other hard in this match, too, but it seems mutual, so it's like, okay, again, like, same with the Rick Steiner match. It's like, oh, my okay, God, yeah. yeah. And Vampiro had some tough stomps and chops. We get a Brett's Rope diving spin kick from Vampiro. I liked that. Vampiro goes up top and gets caught with a superplex. And Eddie then goes for the frog splash, but the ICP come down. And in our scary spot of the night, Eddie goes to dive on top of the ICP. And, and his back foot slips off the ropes. Oh, yeah. And it slips backwards, so he kind of dives. He does land on them, but it's like, ooh. You... Not nearly as cleanly as you'd want him to. Yeah. Eddie sells the leg, and it looks like it's just selling, because he kind of seems to slow down getting in the ring like hey i'm selling my leg stop my leg like work it over but shaggy was also selling his leg and he i i, it, I, I couldn't think tell was, i think his was shoot selling yeah i thought so but i was like no, no i don't well, know i don't want to get worked i keep getting worked we've we've been saying that we've been you know I, i'm impressed as relative but not disappointed by the icp I don't know if Shaggy Two Dope has the the thought process to sell that. Fair. I guess that's fair. We get a really weird spot of Violent J distracts the ref. Another ref distraction. <laughs> and Vampiro goes to like hit a flapjack on Eddie and then Shaggy Two Dope's on the apron and Eddie and him collide. 
and then Vampiro gets the pin. Like, that knocked him out. It, it, it was really, like, unspectacular. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, this just lame finish. I was like, oh, that that's what you had? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't really following the ending when as it was happening. It was it was weird. It was definitely like if you like you do that weird. spot and then you have him roll him up. You don't do the knocked out thing. Right. Yeah, because it didn't look like he hit him hard enough to get knocked out. Was the confusing part. Yeah. Ironically, it was kind of the same as the uh, ICP match from earlier, where it's just like, oh, that move finished it. It should be either you're out or it's a. You know, quick surprise pin, not a, okay, this move happened and then separately there's a pin and you right. get the win. I guess ICP just kind of knows how to do one match ending. I guess so. And wouldn't you believe it, Ray and Kimmin appear and stop the Deadpool before they do anything. Buddies. Which I guess, are they still called the Deadpool? They didn't call them the Deadpool this week. I don't know. That might be over. This was fine. Yeah, not as fun of a match as I wanted it to be. I like to see these guys given some time and you actually have a finish yeah but it seems like we're gonna get the the two trios matching up at some point oh definitely we go from there to the nitro girls and then our last match of the night not our main event it is michael buffer time though it is um my prediction for this match was sit interferes no contest the match is hulk hogan versus sting for the wcw title Emily, what were your general hopes going into this match? Okay, well, my initial prediction, like, before this even started, this match should start with a respect handshake because we are led to believe Don't starting this match. Spot? I do. But we are led to believe going into this match that these two are friends and Hulk Hogan is giving Sting this chance out of the kindness of his heart. He's a good man, brother. You know, he's given his friend a chance. And, you know, they do start the match like that. So I got a prediction right for once. I don't really know that I had expectations going into this, though. I I try to not have expectations with Hogan matches because then I won't be disappointed. And I'm always disappointed, regardless. I expect a good wrestling match, and I'm always disappointed. Yeah, they tie up and move from corner to corner, and they push each other back and forth. Oh, yeah, it gets heated pretty quickly. It starts getting shovey. They then chain wrestle, in a lot of quotes, for a while. Wait, why is that in quotes? The speed at which they're doing it is barely chain wrestling. It's like, ah, put the arm behind the back. Then I turn and your arm's behind your back. It wasn't really much of note. You're going to kick your leg out of your leg. We do get a roll-up attempt from Hogan. And I'm like, what? And then Emily's... Is, is this your least favorite spot? Is it worse than the bear hug? It's up there. I don't know if it's worse than the bear hug, but it does... Make me groan audibly the same way that the bear hug does. It's the test of strength. <sighs> Who cares? We get it. You're strong. Like, what does this prove? I hate it. This match is nothing but strikes until a scoop slam. We <laughs> a get one. Sad scoop slam. No, the first one's all right. Oh, okay. That's too much excitement, though. So let's go to the corner and then to the outside. Yeah. Hogan gets thrown onto the announce table and then gets two, like, half elbow drops because sting just stands they're not really the... elbow drops even. yeah because sting stands on the floor and you know hogan's you know at an elevated level so sting just kind of like drops elbows from there it's like it's not far hulk hogan suddenly then just quickly gets up rakes sting's eyes and very gently places oh my God. sting onto the commentary table so gently 
Like a baby in a crib. Even then, I'd be like, like speed it up. You, can, you know, the kid will be fine. <laughs> I think Nick's exact words were, "I think I've put a baby in a crib more violently than that." Back in the ring, we get scoop slam number two. That's the sad one. No. 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 How many fucking scoop slams were there? Three. Oh God. Sting starts a little comeback sequence, and then we get a very light scoop slam number three. There we go. Get a Vader bomb from Sting, and then a rest hold. And um, this thank rest- God they needed they had that rest hold because they really needed it. This is a long fucking rest hold that literally turns into the drop the arm three times, yeah. brother. And wouldn't you believe it, Hulk Hogan comes to life on the third arm drop. <gasps> what a hero! He really stuck it out for us. Weird face buster type move from Hogan that requires him to do nothing but just like move his arm. Didn't drop to his knees, didn't drop to his ass. Just like, nope, you you take him up. Yeah. Big boot to Sting. I thought we were going to get Sid here, but no. Hogan misses the leg drop and Sting hits a stinger splash in the corner. Hogan counters a second one and then stays there. So Stinger goes for a third and Hogan counters that one as well. Then Sid and Steiner get in the ring, and the bell rings. And it's a DQ finish. Sid goes for Hogan's ear and just starts, like, gnawing at his ear in the corner of the ring. So it was a little off of my prediction, because I predicted Sid. I did not predict Rick Steiner. Right. Yeah, he was kind of a surprise. I think they're trying to make him more of a character than he is. His character is just a man who interferes in matches. Yeah, but he was so nothing for so long, and all of a sudden he's just the interference guy. So they're trying to give him more than he really needs or deserves i want to go back through my notes and just be like in the last like two months how many matches have had rick steiner interference a lot there might even be three on this episode white turtleneck goldberg makes the save and uh lex luger's there too it comes in after everything's done like, All right. they're just kind of yeah they're just like oh yeah by the way we're here now too the white turtleneck's a bad look yeah it was a weird looking thing he threw it in the crowd like good get rid of it yeah that you that's a bad look maybe he got sight of himself on like the jumbotron i was like Hogan shakes stings in goldberg's hands and uh does not shake lex's hand but kind of gestures like kind of like a you know i told you like i'm fine kind of way offers sting another title shot sting accepts and uh they hot dog for a bit and then they go to commercial thoughts on the match (laughs) You know, it's still better than Sturgis, and it still makes me upset. I think I liked last week's match quality better yes. until the pinning Rick Steiner. Yes. <laughs> I, I can never forgive that. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's just, I still just, I, I cannot forgive the fucking match that they put on at Road Wild. I will never forgive that. That was god awful, well, especially for the next Nitro to be a significantly better match. It's unforgivable. I mean, you already had glowing things to say about both of those men, so it really is sad to hear. Listen, I can tell you when a match is entertaining. Last week's match was entertaining. Sturgis was not entertaining. I don't know if I've ever said that a Kevin Nash match is entertaining. You still haven't. You keep no, doing No, I know. I, I'm aware. Oh. I don't know that I have ever, though. I think I have... One match to show you. Literally one match. It's him versus Bret Hart. <sighs> Would you believe Bret Hart might be able to get a good match out of anybody? That's fair. So before we call this quits, we have our main event of the night. Kinda. It's an event. Um, Emily, you want to take us through this? So kiss. 
All right, and that's the. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how much to take it through. So Kiss comes down and they perform a song that I had never heard. I don't know what the song was called. I thought they were gonna do a couple songs. They do one. Oh yeah, song. it's one song. It is one singular song. So saying that they have Kiss on the show is a stretch, but yeah, they got one song out of Kiss, and then Kiss. God of Thunder. God of Thunder. It wasn't bad. I didn't hate the song. It was fine. But I think the whole reason point... I haven't heard of it before. Fair. The whole point of Kiss being there was to debut a new wrestler. Which they do by lowering this giant, like... Sarcophagus. Sar- the, yeah, sarcophagus. And as it's coming down, did you notice that the door kind of swung open a little bit? No. The, like As it is still, like coming into position the door opens a bit and you can see the person inside and he has to like close it in front of him a little bit and then finally the doors open properly and this guy that looks like he could be in kiss comes out white face paint and all you know and that's kind of it it was yeah it just goes off the air then yeah i wish there was more to say there's just not so emily you asked if we knew who this person was i did ask this you had a clue given to you last week Oh, no. Because one person got in the Kiss limo. Oh, fuck. Oh, who was that? Think of the most generic name you can. That's not Brian Adams. It's Brian Adams. That's not Brian Adams. Now. I thought you were going to say it was like Prince Iakea or something. No. Now, just to be clear, when Emily's saying that's not Brian Adams, she's not referring to next week. When it's not Brian Adams. Shut the fuck up. And going forward, it's not Brian Adams. Oh, no. This is the only appearance of Brian Adams as the demon. Oh, that's so sad. Does he, he get fired? No. We still get to see him in Chronic, Emily. Oh, my God. I forgot that he was in Chronic. <laughs> Brian yeah. Adams is just the least memorable person in my memory bank. Yeah. I don't know when we'll see Brian Adams again. It won't be next week. Wow. Why do they recast? So I don't really get why they changed it. They're like, oh, the ratings sucked. And Gene Simmons wants this other guy. So now it's somebody else. Oh, so Gene Simmons didn't like Brian Adams. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not very fun. Yeah, going forward, he will be played by a guy named Dale Torborg. Oh, what a name. Uh, He's the son of a major league baseball player. Yeah, it just will be um, some guy from the power plant. Yikes. So this is, uh, I believe, the only time we will see Kiss in WCW. By the way, we did not note the um, that, that Tony Schiavone introduction is mildly, I guess, I don't know, famous, infamous or what, but it's just one of those, like, everyone, it's one a lot of people kind of know, just greatest band in the world, Kiss! He was, he was like a little kid when he was starting to introduce them. He was like, it's my dream. It was kind of cute. I think people remember it because he's so excited and the segment bombs so hard. Yeah. Uh, the segment does a 2.25. And that's the lowest rated segment on Nitro? It can't be of all time, but it's the lowest in a very long Yikes. time. Now, I think you can attribute that for a number of reasons. One, if you don't care about Kiss, who frankly haven't been all that popular since the 80s yeah that's true you yeah because we were talking about how big of a get is this and it's like we so, we are in 
Kiss will put their name on anything right now for money territory. I guess that's true. But like, Kiss is such a household name, even in the 90s. Like, if you you say Kiss, people know who you're talking about. So in that term, it's a marketable name. And to me, that makes it a big get. Yeah. I, I, like, Megadeth didn't sell tickets for Nitro. Yeah, I'm... I'm like trying to think like what else like notable did Kiss randomly appear like they're on Family Guy at one point yeah like one of the earlier seasons they're probably on like The Simpsons too they're probably yeah part of the reason is that is probably people didn't care about Kiss on the other channel the main event of that evening was new WWF champion Mankind defending against Triple H oh, who would win the WWF title for the first time in his career really oh wow. And keep in mind, they are obviously running head-to-head because they are both the main event of the show. Yeah. So if you're flipping back and forth, I'm not watching Kiss. I'll watch Mankind Triple H. Yeah. And how much money do you think Kiss got for this? I I gotta say way too much. $500,000. That's not as much as I thought. They performed one song, Emily. That's still not as much as I thought. It's still a lot of money. It's a lot. It's probably still too much, but I was expecting you to say like 1.5 million or something. 500,000 to perform a song and no one cared. (laughs) There apparently were plans to do a kiss and wrestling pay-per-view for like New Year's Eve. And it was going to be half wrestling, half kiss. And then Ooh, maybe it's a good thing they didn't do that. That gets shut down pretty quickly. That's, that's literally one of the things that gets Eric Bischoff like, fired. Really? Is yeah. that idea? Yeah. Aw. Sorry, Eric. I wish I felt bad for you. I just, I don't. Uh, that's it for this Nitro. The Thunder after this suddenly has some competition as the first real episode of SmackDown aired opposite it. Which is cool. And to very little surprise... Uh, SmackDown, I believe, utterly curb stomps Thunder's ratings. Shocker. I mean, no one was watching Thunder as it was. But the next two weeks of Nitro will be airing unopposed as Raw was going to be preempted for the U.S. Open. Oh, okay. Tennis, not golf. Oh, yeah, I know tennis. (laughs) This show did a 2.9 to Raw's 5.9, so hopefully they can do a little better next week. Um, They will do better next week. They'll do better. It won't feel that way. They'll do better by default. <laughs> so after those two shows, it's Fall Brawl, which we have very few oh, have matches for. I'm guessing that at Fall Brawl will be when we get that match between um, what are now, I guess, the Deadpool and um, Kidman, Ray, you know, the Filthy Animals, whatever they want to call themselves. I think that's where we get that, that match. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm like really thinking. I'm, I guess you do Hogan and Sting again. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I think they're going to do that next week. They, they didn't say next week. No, so you're right. They just said like that match is going to happen. The Revolution's doing a bunch of stuff. Like Sid's kind of involved with them and Steiner and I don't know. Sid Nash is still gone. Yeah. <laughs> Goldberg's got a face. I, DDP? Sid. I, you can't do that on two weeks of build. You, you got to do that longer. I guess that's fair. But that's not unheard of. They would do it. Well, I don't know, but um, I'll tell you one thing. We're not going to find out next episode. No? Next episode is not the next Nitro. Next oh, episode is bonus. episode number 50. It's shot time, baby! And we figure, made it to 50 episodes. That's a bit of a milestone. Um, might as well do something a little special. And whew, I just got a little, uh, it's a little chill. It's a little cold in here. 
feels a little bit like the Alps, Emily. Because we are going to find ourselves face to face with the Yeti. It's Halloween Havoc 1995. It's the Yeti, Emily. We finally were going to get it. It has been so Long. I stopped making the jokes like 40 episodes ago. We, we were going for every episode coming up with a Yeti reference. Wow. I meant to do one this episode and I Just forgot. To, wow, you messed up. Okay, that'll be fun. I'll, I'll edit one in. It'll be totally seamless. We get the Yeti. We get the Monster Truck Sumo match. Oh, good lord. I think we get two Lex Luger matches. Oh my god. 1995. This will be very interesting. We're going back in time. That'll be fun though. Maybe like have watch something that has a little bit of life to it. Is WCW worse or better in 1995? Well, Emily, I mentioned Doom earlier because this show is all about the Dungeon of Doom, brother. <laughs> Not the Legion. Well, yeah, the Legion came out of the dungeon. <laughs> so we have all of that to look forward to. But before we get to that, I'm, I'm so hyped. I want to just go watch Oh my it now. god, no. We have to do best bit and MVP. Emily, <sighs> what do you got? I have my best bit. I think both of us might have the same thing here. Oh, what, I don't know. What's yours? Mine is Kurt Henning playing the guitar behind his back. Okay, I'm going similar. I'm going with the music video. Okay. I was actually thinking about giving it to Benoit and Rick Steiner and I went no the music video was more fun yeah because both of us were a little lukewarm on the song and we watched that and we're oh like, no the music video made that song for yeah. us Emily who is your MV I'm gonna ask you to go first I think I gotta double down you know what I think I might be doubling down too I'm gonna double down and I'm gonna go with a group I'm going uh. with the West Texas Rednecks as a whole okay I was going with Kurt Heading. I was gonna give it to just Kurt and I went Kurt didn't wrestle and, you know. He didn't wrestle, but goddamn, was he having a good time. Yeah. And I'm, I just give it to people who are having fun. Yeah. I'm going to give it to the group. Because it's so hard to find a light in these shows sometimes. And just watching a guy be so happy with the choices that he made in life, just having fun doing whatever he's doing, that's enough of a light for me. Yeah. I'll put it this way. When Eric Bischoff was saying, there's the door, I don't think any of them were itching to go. Absolutely not. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bust the Seats podcast. Until we get spooky at Halloween Havoc 95, Ooh. you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Butts in the Pod. I swear I will be posting things on it. I swear. And Facebook at the Butts in the Seats Podcast. You can also listen to all of our back catalog, including our other venture into Halloween Havoc on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and probably some other places. Yeah. Emily, any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here and uh, I'm excited. get ourselves in a spooky mood? I'm excited to get out of this timeline. I think I need a break from this timeline. Yeah? Cause, yeah. <laughs> I think going back to 1985 will give me a little bit of a levity break to not want to die. We're, we're going to do it. And like, Let's just watch the Nitro after this. Just the podcast entirely shifts. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll get out. We'll, we'll do from Halloween Havoc 95 to Halloween Havoc 98, and then we'll pick it back up. <laughs> God. Oh, I'd be so confused. I'm confused week to week. We're going to watch a pay-per-view with a Monster Truck Sumo match. Are you really going to be less confused after that? I have the ability to look at things through a less critical lens than you, so I'll be fine with the Sumo match. I think you'll lose your mind. 
Well, we'll find out next time with Main Event Big Show. But until then, I'm Nick. I am Emily. And thanks for listening to the Bust in the Seats podcast. Bye.